Hello and welcome to the Counter Press Podcast. I am your host, Kirk Kinsey, and with me tonight, once again, is Josh Cacho. Josh, how are you feeling after this 5-1 victory? I mean, it's always good to get, come back after this loss and pick up a nice victory. Um, you know, obviously, we LAFC fandom had been pretty down after the last run of games, but this one's always nice to uh, come back and figure things out a little bit. Right, right. I mean, it is... Uh, I'm sure most people are aware by now that was the first time LAFC had lost two consecutive matches in like two years. Um, so it's something it's almost unheard of for LAFC to do that. Um, I, it is, it is great to see them go out and smash San Jose. Uh, it seems like we are always, um, (laughs) we are always doing that to them. So, uh, it's, um, at this point, a bit of a layup for us. I, I really just don't think that man marking a clearly superior team is a good idea. Not that San Jose can change that from game to game. Um, but I just, I don't see how that system works when your team is just so uh, there's when there's just such a big gap in terms of individual skill where it's too. It's so easy for LAFC players to just sidestep their their man mark and undo your entire defense. Yeah, I mean, you know, like Blackman being extremely comfortable on the ball now, um, you know, does does make that a little bit easier compared to what it probably would have been had it been another one of our. You know, actually, to be fair, I think. Um, Segura would probably just have just an easier of a time in that role as well, but again, that that's generally what it takes to to you know to deal with it. But it, I think the big thing to me was just the how well the the midfield dealt with pressure and not turning over the ball re- regularly. I mean, I think yeah. in this one, I think that was like kind of the big thing to me was just how much possession we were able to maintain in the middle of the field. You didn't see, you didn't see the center backs, you know, and the fullbacks having to, you know, frantically scramble back for their lives, you know, because of a bad giveaway in the midfield, you know. So I think that that's another big thing that look that just looked much different from the past few games as well. Yeah, uh, and it, I mean, you and I have been talking about it for a couple of weeks now that the midfield, and even back to the MLS's back tournament, um, the midfield that played so well last year, which is Atuesta, K, and Blessing, has not looked nearly as good this year. And we've chalked it up to kind of static positioning from Mark Anthony K and Latif Blessing, coupled with what is okay skill, but not, you know, not we're not talking world-class skill from those two. Uh, you know, serviceable, above average in, in MLS, but just not quite there if everything else isn't clicking uh, to be able to carry the team. And tonight, I think you saw a good example of what this team can look like with more midfield competition with Janela and and Cifuentes, especially who just had a bit of a breakout game. Um, and I feel like, I feel like we've been a, a little bit vindicated, not that anybody's been <laughs> trashing us for this opinion, but it was good to see both of them look so strong in the midfield tonight. And I think it does create um, it does create a little bit more competition there for those starting roles. Yeah, I mean, I think the you know I think there's a time and a place f- 
where you really are going to see, you know, um, our our current mid our our original starting midfield's skills come to shine. However, I think the big thing was that I think Atuesta definitely covered up some of the you know some of the deficiencies that we had seen um, in terms of possession. You know, in terms of his ability to win back the ball after we had lost possession as well. You know, and so, and his assists as well. I mean, look at how many assists he had last year. Yeah, from so such just a deep role in terms of being creator, all those different things. You know, like I think he did a little bit of everything from from the mm-hmm. six, um, comparatively to you know what what we normally get. Now in this in today's lineup, you know, I think who is I think it was Janela was the deepest line playmaker, correct? Yeah, I mean K K wrote. I, I felt like there was more rotation. I, Janela was the one who was most frequently back, but K was was tracking back as well frequently. Um, and this is what I've been calling for is just a midfield that isn't so static. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's a little bit harder to, to delineate those roles because the three of them are interchanging so much. Yeah. I mean, going into a, you know, into what a f- somewhat of a four, two, three, one as well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, in while in your buildup play does help as opposed to being in the four three three because at least you have you know you have that double pivot to prevent against the counter, whereas usually we're we have just Atuesta there by himself, which you know sometimes it works really well, or sometimes you look like that Seattle game where he's getting destroyed, um, yeah, in that same position. So um, you know when you're when you're going when you look at what's happened now, you know, like I said, just, I think there's just an awareness of, of the way that San Jose wanted to play. And so again, I think that's given the way that they're man marking, you have you almost, I think they did this the last time they played where you had Lee Wynn and, uh, and Mac doing the, like that post up move, right. It's and then, and then that it's the, um, not Tiago Silva. Tiago from Bayern, his his like patented spin off off oh, Contra, yeah, where you you know you receive the ball the ball with your back to the, back to goal and make that that quick turn, um, again against a high pressing team, you know it's again it's it's almost necessary to be able to to do to make that move cleanly and to maintain possession in that same thing, so again that that was reminiscent of, of to me of that having those guys there where you you know you said they look comfortable. They, you know, with the pressure, those types of things, they didn't mind having guys on their hip because they knew they were going to be able to turn them. Um, again, it's something that I think that's one of the things we've lacked since Lee left. Um, yeah, was having that guy you can stick in there that's not that isn't going to get taken off the ball in the midfield. Yeah, sometimes. Uh, so one of the it's it's a bit of a cliche, I think, uh, like a tempo setter in the midfield. Oftentimes they'll attribute it to like a, a passing six or a regista, but one of the things that I liked about this midfield tonight is you did see Janela and Cifuentes changing the pace of the game and setting tempo and changing the tempo um, and changing the pace of the match. And this is something that clearly disorganized uh, their defense where you could see Janela and Cifuentes working together, just passing back and forth. So you have just two midfielders who are able to play around two, three, four uh, San Jose players just just by combining between the two of them. And it's really just you know, changing the pace, pulling the ball back. Okay, now we're going to push the ball forward and just working together like that. That's, that's a different type of quality besides just uh, 
you know, Latif being able to create a little bit of space and then pass the ball away quickly. Not that that isn't good or needed at times. It's just a different way of, of creating in the midfield. And so that was, that was fun for me to see. Um, and I really think those two are going to have a lot of success together whenever they do find minutes together in the midfield. Um, who do you, I mean, how do you see that midfield sh- shaping up? I know we have a lot of questions about this tonight, but we can go ahead and get into a little bit of it now. I mean, I think ultimately, if Atuas is healthy, he he goes back into the number six immediately. Mm-hmm. I think at that point, you probably go with Mac and and um, and Sifuentes, in my opinion, because Sifuentes is yeah. so dangerous into the half space comparatively to Latif. Um, yeah. you know, again, and, and not in, not that Latif isn't ability, doesn't have that ability to create at times, but I think what Sofuentes does is gives you that creative, creative ability without the, without the risk of the turnover, um, in a bad spot as well, because again, he, he does, he does tend to get rid of the ball a little bit faster. Yeah. yeah I, I think, I think Sifuentes is the better version of what we all thought Latif or think Latif is. Um, he is both a ball winner and a quality passer. He finishes much better than Latif does, um, despite him getting a little overzealous and uh, leaning back on a few shots from outside the 18 tonight. Um, but his his presence as a, as a scoring threat is a different dimension that teams are going to have to respect when when you have him playing an anti ten as opposed to Latif because I mean Latif is going to get on the end of some balls and score goals and he's done you know I don't know how many goals he had last year is probably I don't know between five and seven which is really good for a midfielder uh, especially one who's as defensive minded as he is but Sifuentes is going to keep so many more defensive defenses more honest and that's something that we talked about with you know facing a low block like like Minnesota where there's, there's people stacked outside the box. We can't break through. We can't pass through the lines. It's hard to get around them because, you know, it's, a, it's for example, a five-man back line and three defensive midfielders in front of them. So at some point, you have to take peppering some – you have to start peppering some shots from deep in order to draw defenders out. Um, and that's not Latif's game. It's not really Mark Anthony Kay's game either. So having Sifuentes out there I think is a great option. Now – He's still extremely young, so there's going to be some games where you think to yourself, "Man, this guy! Like, I what was I thinking in the last match? This guy can't hack it." Uh, you have to be patient with him. It's just like all these other young kids. Diego Palacios, I think, had one of the games where you half the time tonight you think, "Man, he's brilliant," and then the other half you're like, "God, what what are you doing? What's going on here? Why why are you conceding this?" Um, so that's going to happen with a young team like this. And we're going to have to be a little bit patient with Sifuentes, but if it's me, he's, you know, he's in the midfield already. Yeah. And I think, I think like you were saying, I think that experience factor, it's what we didn't see last year because we had, we, you have a bunch of like savvy veterans, like Stephen Betashore and Jordan Harvey on the field, you know, for regular minutes. And so those guys, you know, are generally going to play it safe, you know, and especially when you have it, you know, you have Carlos Vela ahead of you, there isn't much need to push forward in the way that maybe you do need to when, you know, when 
you when you're when you're chasing a goal like and you were in the in the last game that we get in the who we just you just lose to uh, uh Seattle in the Seattle game right yeah when you're chasing um and you're pushing numbers forward you know maybe that just those things t- tend to happen but you know in in this case you know like I said those guys we while they're definitely not nearly as risk averse. They also are going to give you certain things, especially on the offensive end that you're not going to get, you know, especially from a service perspective, um, you know, cause the ball that, that I don't know if it was, it was it a deflection on, on Rossi's goal, um, you know, but it's the type of creative service that you're going to need to be, you know, just to score in a different way, um, you know, that I didn't think we had last year. Whereas yeah. last year, I think our, our, offense was almost purely predicated on build up to the middle of the park. If we can somehow get a little bit more, um, more creative play from the wings gives you those, that dual option to be able to say, okay, occasionally we can break you down to the middle of the park, but if you're going to park, you know, 11 behind the ball, then at that point we're going to be able to go to the wings, you know, and then have the, have them provide quality service to score in a different way. Um, you know, yeah, I think one thing we saw tonight was, uh, BWP tracking out to the wings and causing some serious problems. I, I don't, I don't remember any of them leading directly to goals, but his ability and willingness to get to the wing, uh, stand on the ball while the team pivots and then start to create was really encouraging because it, you know, that's, that's the kind of shift we need to see. It's not so much about, all right, now, Diego, you play on the on the right and Brian, you go play on the left. It's a, it's something a little bit more fluid and you're able to drag defenders out of position uh, a little more uh, efficiently when you're just doing it on the fly. Um, Yeah. I mean, I I think, I think he'll help with that, with that effort as well. I mean, you look at, you know, like Liverpool last year or this year and then Bayern Munich again as well. Those are the two teams that were most adept at being able to switch the run of play in the middle, Mm -hmm. in the middle, right? Whether it's, you know, and then hopefully now Liverpool's about to bring in the guy who did it for Bayern, um, right. Thiago. But their ability to switch the sides of the field and then attack you at full speed off that same move, right, is is what makes those teams so dangerous, right? Um, you can be Man City if you have a Kevin De Bruyne or if you have, you know, some of these creative forces in the middle of the park, a David Silva, you know. Um, but again, not there's one you know there's very few teams that have those kind of guys you know and if and if you do they cost you know a couple hundred million dollars yeah um you know in major league soccer you're just not going to find that level you know because again those guys are going to be moved on for for in you know large sums of money and so when you think about it being able you know like i said that more workmanlike approach and and just having multiple ways of of attacking is probably a little bit more, um, you know, more of a sound approach given the circumstances. Yeah. Um, I want to take a quick detour. The fact that Liverpool might add Thiago for 20 million and sell Wijnaldum for the same amount to Barcelona is incredible to me. Like a massive upgrade uh, for no cost at all is pretty incredible. Yeah, um, but but it's the things that you can do when you're winning, right? People are are willing to come in and pay, play. You know, it's it's BWP coming in on free. 
Yeah, right. 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 Like when when you're playing well or you play a style that's conducive to, you know, that playing a style that people actually want to play, then people are going to are, you know, there are going to be people that are willing to take a discount to come play for you. Right. And, you know, especially when guys are in the last year of the contract, you know, what what power do some of these teams, especially in Europe, really have? Not a whole lot. So. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess we'll find out just how much power they have if Barcelona can hold Messi to a $700 million release clause or uh, if UEFA is going to end up backing the, the club, as at least they've stated they're going to. But I digress. Uh, a few things that I wanted to talk about real quick before we get into questions, because we do have a lot. Thank you so much, everybody, for for tweeting in to the show. Uh, I... I am ready to confirm the reason that Pablo Cisniega does not play routinely. And tonight I thought he looked strong in goal. Uh, I'm not sure what he's supposed to do about that last goal. It's a, you know, quick one-time finish uh, on a cross from a weird angle. And um, his problem is his feet. We've talked about it before. We've kind of floated the idea. And I specifically watched tonight um, with a keen eye to, to see what was going on. And I did not see him pass the ball back if it was passed to him. So if somebody drops a pass to Cisniega, it's going to be played long. And sometimes it's going to be played long. It's going to be played long directly out of bounds, even if there's you know a fullback who's fairly open. Uh, it's going to go out of bounds. So to me, that's that's it. That's why Bob hasn't had him in the in the eleven. And I think they're at this point, they're going to have to pick their poison with Vermeer, who seems to be better with his feet, but is really shaky on the line or Cisniega, who's more solid on the line and uh, is not definitely not Manuel Neuer or yeah. anything close. Well, and, and again, he's extremely one footed. I mean, yeah. on top of that, too, there's a couple of times mm-hmm. where like, you expect him to just open up his body, play a nice pass with his left foot. And it's move his whole body around the ball right and then send it long because yeah you'll see him he'll he'll receive the ball always with his right foot and then he'll take you know he'll do the little like skip hop back to take two or three steps and then attack the ball but and it, like you said it's always long always mm-hmm. long um and so the the problem with that is when you're trying to play uh a, a possession based style you're lofting that ball up and at best you have a 50 50 and you look at our front line and it's bwp rossi and rodriguez who are all pretty short they're not you know they're not giants they're not going to go win headers and and be able to hold up the ball against towering center backs on on these big lofted uh passes from cisniega yeah i mean again i think that's that's from a shot stopping perspective, like I said, I think he's been fine. Um, you know, again, he he comes off as he's aggressive off his line. You know, he he doesn't have that same hesitation that Miller had. But again, his I think that lack of ability to be able to play with the ball at his feet has been the big thing, and especially when the majority of the teams that you're playing against are not going to be put, you know, are not going to be coming at you, um, and rather are probably likely going to be sitting back and just waiting for the counter you know, being an extra midfielder essentially or an extra defender in, in terms of your passing is critical to the offense. And so yeah. I think that's probably the big thing there. Yeah. The the one thing that I will say is kind of like you said, 
it's a possibility that a team that isn't man marking all those players uh, and is willing to sit back a little more, it's a possibility that, you know, one, one player on the back line is able to break free a little bit easier for that initial entry pass. Um, but I, I mean, for me, again, he, he looks good in between the sticks. So let's leave him there because you can't trust Vermeer uh, to, to come up with a clean sheet. Um, not that Cisniega got one denied. I mean, just barely right at the death gives one up, but um, I, I don't know how you trust Vermeer right now after the couple of games that he's, that he's had. Um, I'm trying to think of what the other, what the, what the other points I had were. Um, I know I wanted to talk about Cisniega and something else. Uh, in the meantime, what do you think about Rodriguez on the left versus the right? Do you think there's any difference? Yeah. So I think we were texting about this in the middle of the game and I honestly think that Rodriguez was meant to be a replacement for Rossi, not as mm-hmm. a compliment for him. Um, yeah. Rossi, fortunately, has can play wherever you want him to, right? He can play through the middle, through the right, and to the left, um, you know, which is why he's been able to score at his current clip. Yeah. But Rodriguez, I think when you look at it, the you know when he's played for Uruguay and what his skill set is, it's being able to take that ball onto his strong right foot, cut inside, and then make a move, um, yeah. and then make decisions. On the left hand side, he's kind of forced to just kind of you know. It's it's kind of like Pulisic at Dortmund versus Pulisic at Chelsea, right? You, mm, the, the Pulisic, good, that's a good comp, yeah. Right, the Pulisic at, at Dortmund you saw got to the end line and and cut balls back to the middle of the park for you know for their forwards to get on the end of, versus the Pulisic at Chelsea is you know banging you know seven goals in you know in however many games you mm-hmm. know, um, and so that that's where I think. Like I said, they they tend to be a bit redundant, especially if you if you're going to play them both off that same side, right? So honestly, if you you know if say with Vela's coming back, your best your best bet is to either have Vela or or Rossi playing through the middle with with Rodriguez staying you know almost strictly on the left hand side because I think that's where he's at his best. Whereas Rossi, you can use him in that Mo Salah role where he can kind of still score even, you know, doesn't kind of, he figures a way to get, you know, to get on the end of the ball um, and doesn't necessarily need to take the ball onto his left foot, you know. Yeah. Or, well, like, I mean, you know. I mean, look at the goal, look at his second goal tonight, right? That I mean, that is a poacher's goal if I've ever seen one where it's like a deflected shot or pass uh, from, was it Palacios that sends it in? And he just gets there right before the keeper and outside of the boot it right tucks it right under the keeper's arm just an incredibly uh executed executed finish there and it's just 100% poacher's goal yeah and again it's it and it's one of those ones that guy that guys like Rossi or or BWP finish right because they're just pure right. how not goal scorers right it's not it's it's not really finesse. It's just being at the right place at the right time, right? It's it's what made Chicharito famous, to be fair, right? It's just get, being there when you when being in the right place at the right time, type of thing. And so, yeah, I think it's it, it'll be interesting to see how it develops going forward, what it kind of looks like, and then again, how they now look 
moving forward playing against you know the galaxy again on sunday or saturday sunday yeah yeah i i mean that's another that's a big match coming up a bit of a grudge match to it uh given the way that they dominated us and then we had dominated them in the mls's back tournament then obviously there's always a rivalry aspect uh they had a big win over portland i think it was three one maybe two three nil uh, it was three three two um Bing gave up a weird goal. Oh, to... Portland. Portland got two back. Okay. Yeah. Um, what's his name? Valeri scored in in extra time. Oh, Corona. Yeah. Oh no. So I uh, sorry, Portland. So Diego Valeri scored. Is what you're saying? Mm-hmm. So okay. yeah, I mean, again, it's it's going to be a tough. It's always a tough matchup against him, whether yeah. you know you're you're playing well or not. Um, you know, but at the same time, it, it's. I think their struggles against LAFC struggles against the galaxy are, are the same struggles that they've had in every single game against the teams that, that pressure the midfield It's just giveaways in bad positions that put the defense now on, you know, on, on tilt. And so in this, in this, this, in this next game, what you have to look at is, okay, where if, if the midfield plays as well as it did tonight, right. It, it shouldn't matter. Right, because again, right. It, it's it's the the galaxy don't necessarily have you know like their midfield quality is you know has been suspect at times and so on and so forth. You know, yeah. obviously Pavone is always going to be a threat, but you know, at the same, it's if you take care of it, you know, their defense is is suspect, right, and has mm-hmm. always been suspect. Um, you know, again, and and what's Scoloto is going to play four center backs again, like he usually does, you know, or whatever it may be. Um, but who knows? You know, like I said, it's it's not like we've been playing well, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, that is one of the things that I feel like we do need to temper our expectations a little bit. Still, uh, one of the questions in the in the last podcast were was, uh, "Are we bad?" And my answer was, "Yeah, we're bad right now." Uh, and I think. Um, in, in light of this result, it shows that we are still capable of doing great things. It shows that there are, there's still a lot of quality, but that the, that the lineup has to be right and the midfield has to perform and the back line has to stay organized. I think one of the things we talked about it just a few episodes ago, it may have even been with Vince about how cool it's been to see Bob basically have an extra midfield substitution by either pulling the right back and moving Latif there or uh, you know, moving Latif back into the midfield and adding a right back or whatever. Um, I'm kind of done with that experiment. Not that I don't like Latif at right back. I do like him there. And I think he's looked better at right back than he has in the midfield this year. But what I'm done with is disorganizing the back line for no apparent reason. And it's not that you can't make a sub on the back line because I think Nahar came in and looked fine tonight. Um, but I, I'm kind of done with guys playing so many different positions in a match, especially on the back line. Um, and it it could, it could be nothing but, uh, like a, a very loose correlation, but we see what happens tonight where back line starts to get, starts to move around and, uh, San Jose are able to steal one at the death. Um, so I'd, I'd be interested in seeing Bob stick 
with a back line a little more stringently. Um, and whether that's Latif at right back or Nahar, I don't know. I mean, I would imagine it's going to be Latif for a while because he's been he's been playing and he's fit. And I don't think that that Nahar is yet. But um, I don't know. For me, that experiment is it needs to be tossed. I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah, I mean, I think you can do it when you have guys around there that are, you know, that are surrounding those positions like a Jordan Harvey, like a mm-hmm. Stephen Betashore, right? Because those guys are going to be able to recognize where the where the field bounces and where they need to be in relationship to, to now make up for what's going on. You know, um, the issue now is that you have younger guys that are still developing that same field awareness that don't recognize when someone's out of place or need, you know, where they need to be or whatever it may be. So that this organization becomes even more apparent in, in that sense, because you have guys that are still learning the system while also expected to cover for a guy that should be in a certain place at a certain time kind of thing as well. Yeah. I think you see that in the, in this goal too. Um, where if I'm remembering correctly, Espinoza gets the ball down the, down their right wing. Um, Palacios is caught upfield because it's a counterattack, of course. Um, and no midfielders have tracked back. So you have Segura chasing Espinoza out to the corner. Blackman is trying to decide if, you know, am I going to stay with this runner that's going near post? Uh, Danny Hooson was the, was the runner. And Andy Nahar is really far behind the play. And all those midfielders that we just talked up, uh, Janela and, and Cifuentes especially, are now off the field. And so you do have a younger cast of characters, Bryce Duke. Um, who was he? Was Kay still on at that point? Yeah, I, yeah, I think he stayed on the whole game. Kay, so you have Duke, Bry, uh, Duke, Blessing, and Kay. And I mean, those are, <laughs> we talked about those two specifically, not always tracking back. And Duke is very young. Uh, so he's not always going to do it either. Um, so you have the, you know, Palacios trying to catch up. Segura, playing out of position. Blackman's unsure, like you said, uh, and he doesn't have any cover from the midfield. And Nahar is trying to is trying to catch up as well. So you give up a goal. And uh, against teams like the Galaxy, that's going to, like if you give them the opportunity to counter with Pavone and whoever else happens to be there on Sunday, they're going to do it. And they're going to do it better than, better than San Jose was able to do it tonight. So... Anything else you want to get to before we get to questions here, Josh? No, let's get to it. All right. Uh, again, thank you so much for everybody who tweeted at us. I don't know if we're going to have time to get to every comment on this thread. I think we're, if you replied, I'm sorry, we're just like replied to one of the replies, then we're just going to have to go with the original reply. And I'm sorry, we're not going to get to everybody here. Uh, first one, LAFC, Kansas, Midwestern supporters. They need to keep pushing, keep winning, and working hard. I think the sentiment is important. Like you can't, you can't just rest on a five-one victory against a team that I think we've now outscored on like all-time aggregate twenty to four. This is a team that we honestly just own, probably more than any other team in the league. So you can't rest on your laurels, and you got to get it right on Sunday as well. Yeah, I mean, I think. Um... You know, there's there's definitely there, it looked better, but again, this this should be expected. You know, again, we would have expected it last year, and again, this the upcoming game is the one that we, you know, that 
we always anticipate we should always be ready for but that the, again the question is when when actually come game time are they ready and so again that yeah. remains that remains to be seen right all right juan pablo hernandez at wonderful the players needed this win more than we did Sefuentes is the man of the match in my book one of two shots on goal blocked by cisniega is that good uh again i think i think he had a good game i think he had the free kick covered well that just happened to go over the bar and i i don't i mean it's a great finish from Houston on that on that second one. And I think we talked quite a bit about what we see as the main problem with with Cisniega, and that's that's his feet uh, being able to play the ball out of the back. Um, anything else on on this one, Josh? No, I mean I think that we pretty much discussed that one at length. Um, you know, but I think the big Sefuentes again was is the real bright spot for this one just because yeah. again it it really shows what that next level you know when when you give Thornton and and Bob that ability to go out and spend money and find that next guy as opposed to having to develop it um you know it's like your when your starting point is a lot higher right the the ceiling yeah. is through the roof versus you know mm-hmm. when you're having to you know take a guy that we're moving you know positions three or four times and then just you know but he, again it's a, i think it's just a lot different of a circumstance yeah yeah i i i mean the case can easily be made for rossi to be man of the match because he gets the he gets the brace uh but Sefuentes, i would say had the biggest impact on why this team looked different tonight all right jeffrey bumaka at jeff bumaka the midfield looked spectacular today and almost no giveaways this game. Blessing looked great at right back, but is that a good matchup against Pavone in Sunday's game against the Galaxy? This midfield with less giveaways and possessions surely helps the defense out. Uh, I I really don't know, Josh. I, I, I don't know who else you move to, to right back. I wouldn't honestly be surprised to see Yakovic back in the 11 against the Galaxy and Blackman pushed back out. I don't think... Like, I'm not going to push that. I'm not going to put with that one past Bob. But if it's me, then yes, Blackman are, Blackman starts at center back. Blessing is at right back, and Sifuentes is in the midfield. But as we always say, we are not Bob, and nobody pays us to make these decisions. So yeah, what do you I mean, think? I mean, I think it it really depends on, on um, you know, on Atuesta's health, right? Because, you, you know, you have to think – the Galaxy did score, you know, I mean, it was a Latif own goal, I guess, in the fifth, you know, in that, in that, um, in the, in the tournament win. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the, you know, again, the team with Yakovic and Blackman at center back and right back did, you know, beat the Galaxy 6 2 not that long ago. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, obviously it, they're perfectly capable of doing it, but you have to have a guy like Atuesa that's stringing it all together. Um, you know, especially in the absence of, of Carlos Vela. And so that would be, you know, my main concern and worry is that if, if he's not ready to go, um, you know, do I, who do you trust back there more? Um, do you want a more defensively set team or, you know, again, like I, I can almost see them playing Yakovic and, and, and Blackman and then having them, you know, almost in more of a three four three in possession where you, you sit um you sit the right back you tuck the right back inside next to Yakovic and mm. then and 
than yeah, have Palacios the midfield. Is free. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Palacios moves into the midfield basically. Um, so again, there's, there's a couple different options, how they can go about that. It's in possession. Um, again, what they decide to do is a whole nother story. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next one. LAFC Coachella Valley supporter. I don't want to get confident because easy come, easy go. Let's build this strong performance uh, with another on Sunday against Galaxy. Also, Pablito for president. I think so. Um, yeah, I, again, Pablo looked good. Uh, in, I mean, we've said plenty about his feet already. Uh, and I think I think we've mostly handled this sentiment here, of the idea that, yeah, you have to, you have to a, enjoy this win and then get right back to work because there's no guarantee that a win against San Jose equals a win against Galaxy. So did I miss anything on that one? Nope. All right. Laura Mills gives us just a gif that she needed that. And I agree. We all did. We all, we were all in a dark place and uh, rightly so. And I think, uh, I think there's still some, some darkness on the, on the horizon. Uh, so we'll see what happens when, uh, when the galaxy, I guess when we, when we go to Carson on Sunday, uh, sell it tonight on eBay at mistakes underscore. No, Bob Bradley is a wizard. Josh, your thoughts on that? I I won't argue it. I mean, he's, he somehow tried to blend a Pep Guardiola and Jurgen Klopp playing style in major league soccer. So, I mean, he's either a wizard or he's a crazy one. So, you know, like not always, not always different. Those two. Yeah. Um, But at the end of the day, I respect it because again, it's, you know, like I said, to, to hold on when in, in spite of everyone, you know, in spite of all the negativity that had come with the past two games or even stuff that he's faced throughout his career, right. He's always held, held true to his, you know, to his footballing principles. And I said, I've always respected that about Bob. So, yeah. Yep. 100% agree. Next one, Benjamin at LAFC Benjamin. Based on tonight's match, do you feel any of the substitutes that came in have earned minutes in the starting lineup going forward? And who's closer to being a starter and who is falling behind? Um, this is a good question. I don't know that any of the substitutes are necessarily closer. Any of the subs tonight, I should say, are necessarily closer to becoming a starter. Um, maybe Nahar, but I don't, I, again, I don't think he's fit. Um, what I will say is I think Rodriguez, when Vela comes back, like kind of like what you said, where he and Rossi are a bit redundant. I wouldn't be surprised to see BWP starting with Rossi on the left, Vela on the right and Brian as a sub. Um, that to me makes all the sense in the world, as long as we have, the three DPs that we have. Um, yeah. And I think depending on the team you're playing, you can also play four, two, three, one with, with uh, Rodriguez in the hole, right? Like yeah. he's adept yeah. enough on the ball. He works hard on the press. So, you know, to have him playing more of them in that midfield role, you know, I think he, I think you could see, I, I honestly could see Rossi there as well, uh-huh. just because he is such a good, he, he is good centrally. I mean, he he had the assist to BWP tonight from a from a deeper central spot. We've seen him hit a couple of assists from central, like a deep lying central spot uh, on the break. Um, so I, I mean, I could definitely see those those three uh, those three DPs there in a line with BWP above them. Um, I don't see why not. 
Yeah. And we've seen Bob also when he's chasing games, put five and six <laughs> attackers on, yeah. uh, and just throw caution to the wind. So it wouldn't surprise me to see something like that at all. Uh, next one, Jonathan Evans at Evans at law speed and intensity are key to the way LAFC play. Bob's lineup changes were perfect. Thought Janela and Sifu both had great games. Josh, your thoughts on speed and intensity and the lineup changes. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think having speed and intensity are, I think those are two things you can't teach that you just either do it or you don't. Um, but I think what what those guys did better than what we've had we've had in these past couple games is speed, intensity plus control, right? It, yeah. And it's like I don't, I will never discount how how hard anyone on this team plays because that's that's what how how Bob's got this team going, right? And and the speed at which we do it has always been incredible. However, we don't we don't often do it with control, and that's where we get into trouble, right? It's losing the ball in the midfield. Um, in, in games previous against the Galaxy, it's kicking the ball basically off of Joe Corona's legs, and and then it rebounds twenty yards into a into an on running Christian Pavone. Um, you know, it it's 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 to me it's more of an issue at this point now. Of okay, teams have figured out how they're going to try and defend you what's what's your next thing and at this point i think it has to be that ability to control it as well as um what's it called he you have to be able to be to control the game just as much as you have to be able to play it fast right like yeah i think that's that's that next level and i think that's what we saw today was being able to play with that same speed and intensity but also now do it under control um again it's not but to be fair i don't think that San Jose made it that difficult, right? So, like I said, I'll, right. my judgment will—I'll I'll hold my judgment still for a little bit, but you know, I think it's a step in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, I think you see the press was extra effective tonight against San Jose, who clearly is uncomfortable facing a press—a press like that one. Um, I, I think Rossi's first goal comes, you know, basically is a, off a really quick counterattack in the in the in the final third. Uh, maybe who else, who else's goal was it? I feel like Rossi picked up, picked up a, an intercepted pass uh, in the attacking third as well and was able to play it in for an assist, but I don't remember exactly what, what it was. Um, but like you said, it, it's the ability to not only use your speed and intensity in the press, but also to be able to control the ball and launch a, a like an intelligent counterattack, something that actually leads to the ball in the back of the net. The Cifuentes um, goal was off that same thing too, right? Where you see it that quick, that that quick change of possession down the that ball, the nice ball ahead, and okay. then that, then you see Rodriguez play. The Rodriguez ball. drives forward, mm-hmm. gets a second kick through the through the legs of the defender. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Next one uh, is Antonio. Or Yarzabal. Sorry, I just I just butchered that. I'm sorry. Uh, at LAFC Tony. Easy team, next. I agree. <laughs> Easy team. Let's move on to the next thing and fix what we screwed up last time with the Galaxy. PG at Paul T. Greco. Black mental error at the end is indicative of a lack of sharpness. He's better in the center, but he's making too many mistakes. Uh, again, I, I don't disagree that that was a, that was, you know, 
at least partially on him. I think everybody else is disorganized. Uh, I think Blackman is going to benefit from some stability. And I think that's the best way to help somebody who's who's having a hard time uh, with with decision making is to give them a, you know, as many predictable situations as you can. So what that means to me is they need to play in the same position with the same people around them. But when they're caught playing these guessing games with, okay, well, now I'm going to be a right back. Okay, so who's going to be in the midfield and who's going to be my center back partner? Today it's going to be Silva, but then he's going to get subbed off in the 37th minute and it's going to be back to Yakovic. But then Latif Blessing is going to move back to right back and I'm going to go to center back. So to me, that's a lot to ask of of a kid. I think Blackman's 23, right? So he's not terribly young, but he's still he's still pretty young. And we're not talking about somebody with five years of professional experience. He just came to he just came to us from college. Um so I think it's a lot of responsibility to put on his shoulders to be able to switch positions and switch teammates on the back line and switch midfielders ahead of him and then switch goalkeepers all the time too. So I, to me, he just needs some more stability so he can grow a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, to be fair, I think that's been the big issue with our team as a whole this past year was, again, mainly just the instability a lot, you know, whether it was in goal last year or it's the right back center back situation this year. Um, again, so, you know, like as much as you love the flexibility and their ability to play multiple positions, sometimes again, you, you having to think that much, especially in high pressure situations, is just not ideal. Again, it, yeah, it's, everything that I know about sports psychology doesn't allow you to do those things, especially in right. the biggest of games. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Next one here. Pepe at just when maybe one. Who is the odd man out when Atuesta is healthy again? Sifu playing too well to sit on the bench, in my opinion. Agreed. And for me, it's blessing. And again, that doesn't even necessarily mean that blessing is off the field. And I think that's one of the reasons it makes so much sense. But you can just put blessing back at right back. And He's still on the field. You're still able to use him in the attack like they like to. And uh, as long as he is able to win a handful of the diagonal balls that go his way, then he's going to be just fine. Yeah. I mean, I think as much as we love some of these guys that we've developed, we've seen develop over the past few years, I think this is the nature of the progression of, you know, progression of every team, right? There's only me, so many guys that can continue to develop and, and stay at that top level as you continue to bring in more and more talent. Um, and so when you look, you know, when you look across the board, guys that we thought were world beaters, right? But now when you bring in the next guy, they eventually will fade into the sunset, you know? So yeah, um, it didn't happens, right? So what's, what's the, I'm trying to think, um, Yaya Torre at, at Man City is the perfect example, right? It's like one uh-huh. of the best you'd ever seen in the world. And then Kevin De Bruyne comes in, you're like, okay, right? Like, <laughs> Oh, there was an upgrade available. My bad. Yeah. You know, and again, it's, and it's hard to think that there ever would have been considering yeah, how yeah. that guy had to play, but eventually it does happen. Um, you know, and I think that's that's something that we're going, you know, again, with the club being such a, at a young point in its history, I don't think we're, we're at a point yet where we've, where we're, ready to see how you know where we're prepared for that to occur at times right for guys to move on for different reasons and so on and so forth you know whether it was walker or 
uh, or Saman or whoever it may be. Like we've seen movement along certain areas, but again, I mean, are you re- are, is anyone truly ready for Atuesta and Rossi to move on and be replaced by someone else or whatever it may be? Right, right. And so, again, I think it's it's things that we haven't had to deal with yet because of you know because of where we're at in our history, but at the same time, it's also I think to be expected as we move forward as well. Yeah. All right. Next one, 800 meters and running at Tetlo. Janela is so smooth. Tristan looked really confident stepping into midfield and beyond and caused San Jose all kinds of problems. Press and balance in midfield looked much better. San Jose were bleep. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Uh, man, I absolutely agree with everything in this tweet. Uh, Janela is so smooth. And that's something that you and I have been have been harping on for a long time. The, the the quality that he has on the ball is unlike anything else we've seen, even on our own team, um, even Atuesta, I'd say, um, and certainly in MLS, he, he is just so clean on the ball. Tristan again looked very uh, looked very good on the ball, partly because he's the he was the center back that was unmarked. And I think who's 44, the the young kid, Cowell, Cade Cowell, I think. Mm-hmm. Like the most NorCal looking guy ever and most Nor- NorCal name, Cade Cowell. And he looks like some, uh, like wannabe, like well, I, some I, some wannabe surfer. I definitely grew up with some Cade Cowells, you know, yeah. in, in Northern California. <laughs> they usually drive large yeah. trucks with big wheels. Yeah, right. And have, and have a, what is it? A, uh, what's that brand? Starts with an A. It's like a big sticker on the back of the truck. Fox Racing stuff as well, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure about the A. Uh, I'll have to think about it. It's like one of those. It's like one of those motocross brands. Mm. Oh, you know what? I think I know what you're talking about. But yeah, I can't think of the brand either. Um, but anyways, Josh and me are not desert rats. In case any of you were wondering, <laughs> definitely not the case. Uh yeah, uh, so Cade Cow would come over and try and try and mark him, and Tristan would just sidestep him every time. A couple of times, getting all the way to the 18 before anybody pressured him. Because again, if you lose your man in this system, nobody's going to come help you out because that means they have to ditch theirs. Uh, played a great ball to BWP, kind of like lofted this chip over everybody, and BWP couldn't bring it down. But he, I mean, it was just him and Vega left, and I think I think the pass honestly surprised BWP. No, I mean, uh, but, who would expect Blackman to pull off that that flick? Right. I mean, yeah, the little, the little, I, like quasi Cruyff turn flick to BWP as well, right? Yeah, I was yeah. like, I mean, I was like, I, I didn't think it was him. I thought it was Rodriguez who did it at first, um, <laughs> right. because that's something you would expect from Rodriguez or Rossi or you know or yeah. Janela to yeah. be able to try something like that in the middle of the park. But then you look up and it's Tristan Blackman. I'm like, why? First of all, why is he all the way up there? Um, <laughs> But second of all, I'm also not surprised he's all the way up there. Yeah, yeah. But that's also an example of something you can do when your midfield covers for you. Yeah. Uh, which, once again, has not been the case this year until tonight. Um, And like he says, can't get ahead of ourselves because San Jose were not good. They are not good. They had a decent tournament because they play you know a gimmicky defense that teams that aren't well organized and not super high quality aren't going to be able to beat. So, all right, last one here, LA sports tweets. 
why can't we always be this sharp? So many bad giveaways because of poor touches, and in this game, our midfield was flawless. I feel like BWP was more mobile this game. Cifuentes has a bright future ahead of him. He can easily replace Atuesta if he goes to Europe. Josh, your thoughts here? I mean, I think BWP looks more mobile in this game because he doesn't have to help and build up, right? I think that because the midfield had been so poor at giving away the ball in these past couple games, you you see Rossi, I think Vince Vince pointed this out before as well, you see Rossi, you see BWP and Rodriguez all tracking back to help to help out whether it's the, from a defensive perspective or from you know from a build up perspective but again it puts them in not as ideal situations when you're trying to get on the counter and so on and so forth well when you can basically hang off the shoulder of the last defender because Sofuentes uh Janela and K are 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 just bossing the midfield well now those three guys are are free to run havoc and i think that's what you saw at times last year right where the midfield, you know, when Atuesta, Blessing, and K were hitting on all cylinders, the front three are, don't have to do a whole lot of, except for score goals. And when you give them that opportunity, they're going to go ahead and do just that. Um, but I think what what changes um, in this in this in this sense is obviously like Atuesta covers up you know covers up for a lot of the mistakes that happen because again he is so mobile left right that's where i think janela is still probably not as ideal yet in you know from an offense perspective he is really smooth and looks good um but his pressing is still not quite there um sometimes yeah. when he's running he does look like a, you know like a baby deer um, yeah he, he overruns de- like he dives in a lot when he i think probably because he's late to it Mm-hmm. It's almost like he you you notice him pressing more because it's like oh shoot I need to I need to close that down and so he just takes off and overruns everybody. Yeah, I mean he he reminds me of like a very like was it like Kaka from the nineties with the, with the with the mullet and all this some mm-hmm. of that um, you know. But I mean if he turns into that type of player then we're golden. But um, but for now, like I said, he has that sharpness. But again, I think from a defensive perspective, that's probably where he's lacking which was evident in the Seattle game, right? He just doesn't have that ability to cover up some of the, the midfield flaws that Atuesta can when when the ball, when you're not able to maintain possession. Um, and again, when you have Nico Ladero out there, um, it's a lot different because he's not going to give it right back up the way that other midfielders would, um, even, even when Blessing's chomping at his bit, you know, at his, at, chomping at his ankles. Um, so... I think that's probably the biggest change, you know, biggest difference um, is just, you know, their ability to take care of it, but also, you know, gives gives the the front line more license to just be in more dangerous positions. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, man. Well, we're 55 minutes, which I think is probably the longest ever instant reaction show. I think for for all the listeners given you know the five matches in, in 15 days or whatever it is right now uh, i think all we're going to have time for is the instant reaction shows um given our current work schedules um so make sure that if you if you do have questions or, or you want to be a part of the show make sure you get in on you know right after the match uh, as we try and uh, give everybody uh, you know something to listen to on the ride home or the next morning as everything's fresh in your mind Josh, do you have anything else for tonight that you wanted to get to? No, I think that's it. All right. Thank you all for listening again. We're going to be back when LAFC play the Galaxy on Sunday night. 
and hopefully we're feeling as good as we are right now. Josh, where can they find you? LAFC Josh on Twitter. All right, you can follow the show at counterpress underscore. Follow me at Kirk Kinsey, and be sure to let us know what's going through your mind after the Galaxy match. We will talk to you then. <laughs> <laughs>